Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is uh, October the 29th, 2019. Um, today we're reading from the big book and we're at page uh, 64, the second paragraph that starts, we did exactly the same thing. We're going to read one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the uh, steps, Pam, for the traditions, Wendy M, for the big book, Harlan G, Larry K, Nancy P. The newcomer greeter is going to be Jody F, and the second hour host is Rebecca F. Um, the reference numbers for yesterday for the uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 13,581. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 13,582. Overeaters Anonymous is, an in, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm gonna ask Pam R. to read the 12 steps. Pam? Good morning. This is Pam R., a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina, reading the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service in our past. Thank you for your service. Next, we'll have Wendy M. Uh, read the Twelve Traditions. Wendy? Good morning. 
Good morning. Thank you, Craig. I'm Wendy M. Mm -hmm. in Raleigh, North Carolina, compulsive overeater in the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Our meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. On page 64, the second paragraph, we did exactly the same thing and we're gonna read one paragraph. Um, I'm now gonna ask Harlan G. Scottsdale, Arizona to start us out. Scott, uh, Harlan? Thank you very much, Craig. Thanks for your service. I am indeed Harlan G., and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So when we're talking about we did exactly the same thing with our lives, what he's talking about here is we're taking an inventory, as was described in the previous paragraph, about the business. We're going to uncover 
discover and discard. What are we going to uncover, discover, and discard? The, the things in our makeup which caused our failure, and those are our defects of character. We're not going to sit and make a, uh, an inventory of our character assets here. I'm not going to sit and make a list of the things I wish were different. Excuse me. I'm not going to do any of those things. What I'm simply going to do is follow the instructions. And what what are we going to do here? We're going to look at, <clears throat> excuse me, the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, being convinced that self, when he talks about self, when the big book is talking about self here, what he's talking about are the manifestations of the basic instincts of life. We have three basic instincts of life. All human beings have them. We are born with them, and they are hardwired into us by God. The three basic instincts of life are the social instinct, a subset of which is self-esteem, the security instinct, pocketbook, emotional security, and personal security. And the third is sex. We all have a desire to fulfill these instincts. And in our zeal to fulfill these instincts within ourselves, we manifest through ego defects of character, behaviors like lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating. And all of these defects of character, all these behaviors are what has been causing us the resentment, which we're going to talk extensively about tomorrow in the next paragraph. And we're going to talk about the shame, the guilt, the remorse that we feel when we lie, we cheat, we manipulate, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. So this is what we're going to be looking at. This is what we're going to be seeing as we go through the inventory process and the common manifestations are the resentments the fears and the sexual harms done others in closing what I'd also like to note here aside from the fourth step today is 90 years since Black Tuesday October 29th uh, uh, October 29th 1929 and that is the episode that is described on in, uh, page four of Bill's story so 90 years ago today when the stock market crashed it changed Bill's life and Bill through God changed the world but this was one of the most uh, epic episodes of his life and with that I will pass thank you all right thank you Harlan um, okay now I'm ready to take names from people that like to share if you haven't uh, if you've shared in the last couple of days we ask you to, to wait and give the uh, opportunity to somebody that hasn't shared so who would like to share on this paragraph Hello? Am I being heard? You are, Craig. Yes, Craig. Hey, this is Henry A. from Douglas, Georgia. Uh, you say Julie? Terry H. Oh, Terry. Oh, hi, Terry. Thanks. Yes. Mm -hmm. right. Who else? This is Janice PM. Hi, Janice. Okay. Good morning. Morning. Ida A. 
Ida A. All right. Anita B. Anita B. All right. I need at least one more here. Wow. Donna G. Donna. All right. And I'd like to get one more if I could. Is there anybody Anna else? Anna M. Anna M. And All right. Can you we have some, a, tell me the the page again. Sixty-four. Second paragraph. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get going. Terry H. Good morning. This is Terry H. from Douglas, Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, this this paragraph, I, I can see why everybody hesitates to <laughs> to talk about. It's one of the hardest um, one of the hardest things we have to do to to be abstinent or to stay sober i know um 32 years ago when i walked into aa um i had no choice uh, i knew my life was destruction and then um i've struggled in oa for probably 25 of those years um i don't i don't really you know i, I did a very thorough four-step but the self, the self comes in for me um, very heavily this time. I'm going on another four-step um, coming back into OA as of August, um, having done the first three steps, pretty um, defeated, and moving into the fourth step. But looking back um, over my, my recovery, I wasn't going to meetings and the self just begins to come back and just, you know, you don't realize it because you think you're doing things that are right. You think you think you're doing what you're supposed to, but not going to meetings, not giving back, um, you're back into self. And um, that's probably the biggest thing that for me to look at is what's in this paragraph and I felt compelled to, to share. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Terry. Janice PM. You're up, Janice. You'll be followed by Ida. Janice? I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> yes. Good morning. This is Janice PM. I'm grateful today, even though I have to go to the hospital in about two hours to have some procedures done. Thank you, God. Um, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Now, it was said beautifully that we know that myself is the problem, selfishness and self-centered. Now, I mean, yeah, okay, we, you know, that, that sounds good. But, you know, in God, my higher power gave me these three instincts, these three basic instincts. So he really meant for them to be good. But as an addict, <laughs> my instincts far exceeded their proper function. It was the misuse of these instincts. I wanted more and more of the social prestige, my pride socially, 
uh, finances. I wanted more and more. You see, my sex, I wanted either none or everything. So, you see, and I did harm to people here. So this is really my natural desires were out of control, the same as my food. But this is what we're doing in this third, third step, this um, fourth step, that we're trying to find out what was inside of me that's causing all these problems. You know, because food's not the problem, compulsive gambling's not the problem, it's the insides within me, and this is what the step is doing. We're taking an inventory, we're, 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 we're separating the good, the thing that's not of any value anymore, and it just comes up when we're doing these steps. It's, it's just unbelievable. We're not going to write down our assets, because God knows I don't want to get rid of those. But, of course, you know, my desires are so out of control, and this is what's causing me tons of troubles with my friends, with my family, with my job, you know, and it's all because I have free will, and I'm always thinking that it's another person's fault when it isn't. It's me. I'm the one that is angry. I'm the one that's jealous. I'm the one that wants to get revenge. You know, in my business, I was like a dictator. Um, self, selfishness. So this um, this is looking inside of me. I wallowed in self-pity. Oh, poor me. You know, my son is this. My son is that. My husband should be doing this. And, you know, this is what I didn't know because I was always just self-justifying. So these basic instincts of looking within me, is, it just comes up. It's just like, say, I, what I do is, and I, I suggest this, is every time you pick up that pen or pencil to do this step, say the third step prayer because that just comes. It, I mean, if you do it and you've done it, then you know it, <laughs> that it does. It just uh, the ideas, the wisdom comes from that, that uh, third step. So um, it's, it's, it's not magic. It's a miracle that these things come out of my, of my misuse of these instincts that I have. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Pass. Craig, we don't hear you. Craig. I'm sorry. There I'm sorry. Um, uh, next we have Ida A., followed by Anita, and then Donna. Ida? Uh, hi, Craig. Good morning, everybody. This is Ida, Grateful Compulsive Overeater in Northern British Columbia, who um, used to scoff at, at, at this passage. And I'm so grateful today that the, um, the blinders that kept me seeing in faulty ways and hearing in faulty ways are coming down. I'm so grateful today to have all of you to teach me and to have the ability to, in a humble way, try to share the message with other people. To discover the truth and to take stock honestly was something that didn't happen in my family growing up, and I continued to have faulty ways to get through life. So the idea of fact-finding and fact-facing, I, I just didn't see the worth. I could, I, from my broken way of thinking, I did not see the value. And I didn't know really what, what was wrong with me. I, I think I, I had so many ways that were distorted 
thinking that that I just kind of showed up broken and I saw the world was broken and I just didn't know what I didn't know. And today um, I can show up in a more honest way and I can catch myself when self shows up too much and I can reach out to the rest of you and I can stop and pray. I've learned that getting on my knees helps me pay attention more. But all throughout my life growing up, I had these unhelpful thinking styles of overgeneralizing why I wasn't worthy and you aren't worthy and my emotionality would get large and suspect and then I'd shut down and just jump to conclusions and, you know, it just wasn't helpful. And I'd created these rules to live by, these rules to live by that would keep all of you out of my world so my emotional immaturity wasn't caught. And today I realize that the flaws are okay. You know, it's really okay that I've, that I've had this way to get through life, but it can be so much better. But I have to take stock, honestly. I have to share it with all of you on a daily basis. It's so important that I become a we on a daily basis. Because left to, to my own defenses and, and my own ideas would keep me isolated. And it's really okay. All of you out there still eating in the food. I realized finally that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. And I would listen. I would suit up and show up and pay attention to what those of you that were in a recovered state were sharing And it really does bring the big book to life. It's quite extraordinary. I I don't think the same way I used to think. Resentments don't bring me down the way they used to. And it's okay to be broken. And it's okay to have thinking errors. And you know what? It's also okay to make amends. I I make a lot of amends. And that's really okay because I like myself better and better. Thank you all for being here. Blessings. I pass. Thanks, Ida. Okay, next we have Anita B. and Donna C. And then we're going to have a special surprise announcement. Uh, Good morning, Craig. Anita B. from New Jersey here. And um, promised my sponsor I'm going to do service and share at least once a week. So uh, I think I've already shared last week. So anyway, um, this was a perfect opportunity when it was quiet. (laughs) Uh, We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out flaws. Uh, If I I just finished uh, my fourth step again in my fifth and sixth and seventh, and if I didn't do that, if I didn't ever try to take inventory and see my part, I wouldn't wouldn't need God, right? Because I I would think that I don't do anything wrong or that I didn't have any part in it, that everyone else did me wrong, like they said previously in the book. So when I did this fourth step and had to realize what a controller I was and, and how I wanted more of everything, then I wouldn't ever realize that it was all me doing this to myself and and these flaws that I have that cause other people to react I would never be where I'm at today. So, um, you know, each time I do the fourth step, 
it doesn't seem as such a burden because it brings me such peace and knowledge and and faith that I feel I know I'm going where this book wants to take me. And so I just encourage everyone to just go for it. That's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. All right. Thank you, Anita. All right. Next we have Donna C. followed by an announcement and then followed by Anna. Uh, Donna? Hi. This is Donna G., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. And, um, yeah, so uh, taking stock is uh, myself and my flaws, something, you know, like so many others have shared. I I was not good at, nor did I, I don't think I ever did, unless I did it really, really in a shameful, you're horrible, you're the worst type of person, not not an honest taking stock. And um, ironically, what helped me to do this, or what started my journey toward doing, or getting, even getting in the room, was um, my sister, who was drunk when she said it, but um, that's kind of the courage it took, <laughs> being drunk, to tell me that um, I was always a victim. She said, you're always a victim. You, 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 you always have to be a victim in every situation, and um, I was so hurt. I was so torn apart by that, but, but literally... In my big family, all my relationships were breaking down. And um, because she was drunk, ironically, I had to take a look at that because, um, wow, it took that kind of courage for her to say it. It must be true. And um, along with her own recovery later on, um, she is my Epi, both for, for saying that to me in a drunk state and getting recovered and showing me what recovery looked like and, um, And um, when I was taking this step, I felt ready and I felt um, prepared and I felt really, really bolstered by the first three steps and my higher power. And I just, who I call God, I just felt that God was there with me and um, nothing could be as painful as um, what I was going through and nothing could be as painful as the truth, the bare truth from a... (laughs) from a drunken sister, you know, like, you are a victim. That's what you, that's how you show up in the world, you know. So I'm just so grateful um, that I was ready and uh, that somebody showed me um, so close to home, literally, what, what recovery looked like. And, um, and I just, uh, I just encourage the newcomers that what you see is real and it is miracle and it can happen for you just um, trust the process, trust the steps, and and um, keep going, keep moving on. With that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Donna. Uh, next, we're going to have uh, an announcement. I can't imagine what that's about. And then uh, we'll be, she'll be followed by Anna M. Mo? Yeah. Good morning, Greg, and good morning to all of those of you on the East Coast and wherever you are. My name is Mo H., Recovered Compulsive Eater from Walnut Creek, California. And I am so excited to be here this morning to share my experience, strength, and hope around the convention. Have you been listening to the promos for the upcoming convention that's going to take place in just 18 days on November 15th to the 17th, 2019, which will take place at the Marriott Hotel and Convention Center 
at Newark, New Jersey, Liberty International Airport, saying to yourself, I'm not abstinent and I don't know anyone. So why should I sign up to attend? Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to share my experience with you. Two years ago, I was relatively a new person, newcomer to the vision meeting, even though I had been in the rooms of OA for a long time and had flimsy abstinence. I heard the convention promos, but said to myself, I didn't know anyone, so why would I attend? Which was my disease talking to me. I didn't know it at the time. Well, God is in charge of my life, not me. Earlier that year, a friend from my grammar school I attended in Maryland had found me on Facebook and we renewed our friendship after many years of no contact. I lived in California and she lived in Virginia. I called her up and asked her how far Maryland was from uh, New Jersey. She said about four hour drive. I said, well, that's a lot closer than California. So I asked myself if it would be possible to meet up after the convention and she was thrilled. That's another long story in itself, but it got me thinking that maybe I would go, but still was on the fence to take that leap of faith. Then on an outreach call to a friend in Arizona, she said that she didn't know why she had signed up for the convention, but she was going. I told her my hesitation and she said, if I decided to go, that she had a room and I could share it with her. Well, that was my turning point. Was that odd or was that God? So I signed up that day and the rest is history. I had an amazing weekend with over 750 recovered compulsive eaters. I could not believe what I saw and felt in those rooms. I left that powerful weekend with so many new friends and contacts and can't wait to see them again and meet all of you whom I hear on the phone lines. So if you are like me and hesitating to sign up, I really encourage you to do it today as registration has been extended for one additional week until this coming Thursday, October 31st, only three days away. Do it now. Go to the website, www.avision4u.info. That's A-V-I-S-I-O-N the number four, Y-O-U dot I-N-F-O. I just found out there are three rooms available at the Marriott Hotel and Convention Center. Jump on board right away to get one of those rooms. There are also rooms at the Renaissance Hotel. This hotel is so convenient and, and convention priced with dedicated door-to-door -door speedy limousine service available for attendees. The bulletin board is also available on the website for fellows seeking roommates and rides, etc. So don't miss out on this great opportunity. You will regret your decision if you don't go. I felt rocketed into the fourth dimension after that weekend, and my life and program has never been stronger. So I, I really urge you to sign up today. Thanks, Craig. Have a great day. I pass. All right, thank you, Mo. See you there. Okay, next up we have uh, Anna, and then we're going to take some new names. Anna M. Anna. Hi, can I be heard? This is Anna M. Yes, you can be heard. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for your service, and thank you everyone on the line. Um, I'm really excited about the convention, um, but as far as this uh, step four, gearing up for step four. 
um, you know, it, if I look further into my step um, notes, I come across a paragraph that says, by discovering what our emotional deformities are, we can move toward their correction without a willing and pers- This comes from step four in the AA 12 and 12. Without a willing and persistent effort to do this, there can be little or little sobriety or contentment for us. Um, you know, for me, I you know I've I've been a um, frequent flyer in OA. I've been a member for probably 25 or 27 years, and you know, step four was a place where I would get to or thought I got to, and wasn't able to get much further than that. I I sort of circled the drain and you know, did a sprinkle of God here and there and never really worked my steps until I got into a very structured program, which is this this meeting, the Vision for You, which is simply using the big book as a, as the format to work in the steps. And I found that without this process, it's just chaos. Like if if I can't honestly look at my defects and examine them and take them out and put them out to the sunlight of the spirit and say hey this is who I this is this is how I lived my life for all those years in the disease of compulsive eating you know for me I go to another I go to two other programs because I have you know I'm, I'm I'm really a sick person um and I can say that today with you know integrity and not shame and not embarrassment that I know I know that I have this illness and, and I'm so grateful that there, this is the, you know, this whole process of working the steps is taking the old, putting it on the shelf in exchange for the 12 steps and 12 traditions of, of, you know, this program that helps me get better and to be able to help the next person. Um, so I thank you all for being there. I really appreciate this meeting. It's, it's, I, this has saved my life. There's no question about it. And if you can get to the convention I encourage you to get to it because it really is a life-changing experience. And so with that, I pass. Thank you so much. All right. I want to thank you. All right. So now we're going to continue to take names and share. Um, Danielle. 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 Tina S. Danielle. Tina. Jen A. Jen. Hold on my... uh, Pen is not keeping up. <laughs> All right, I have Danielle, Tina, Loretta, and Jen, and I know I missed some people. Rosalie Lindy. Chrissy Jane. One time. Who? Chrissy Jane. Jesse J. Chrissy Jane. Oh, Chrissy Jane. All right. Rosie M. Rosie. Wendy M. Wendy. All right, that's that's six. We're going to stop right there. Um, all right, I have uh, Danielle, uh, Tina, uh, Loretta, Jen, Chrissy. Um, I can't read my own writing. Something M. Um, and and Wendy. Who was that? Something E Y. Rosie M. Oh, yeah, Rosie, Rosie, that's it, Rosie, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, my pen was, ink was skipping here. Um, all right, let's go. Danielle, you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Danielle O from northern New York. 
just wanted to claim my seat and just share a little bit about where this reading has uh, brought me to a new place in my life. I think every time I pick up the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the step book or any 12-step literature, it brings a new awareness to this ever-defeating thinking that goes on in my brain. And that thinking got the best of me not too long ago. And I sat there thinking, well, what do I do? How do I do this? What do I do? And yet I've been around these rooms a long time. And, you know, I sat there and I kept thinking, you know what to do. You know what to do. And yet I didn't. And so as I'm returning and coming back into a newer understanding of my disease and this, I, I absolutely know every day that I wake up I am in need, in desperate need of this program. And I love that there's so many people that I can turn to and that is why I love listening to this uh, 7 o'clock meeting because it, it, they are, we are always in the solution and the book is always being focused on those are what I need to recover. And I'm in the process of doing um, my steps and I love the new awarenesses I'm getting because as much as I think I, I know when I'm reading that book by myself, it's always nice to hear someone else's interpretation and and get more from it and, and just start to chuckle and laugh at myself. And so I'm really grateful that you guys are still here, still plugging along and making this um, a very real disease because it is alive and well in, in, in many and a, a day at a time I'm, I'm dealing with that in me. So thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you very much. Um, next we'll have uh, Tina F. Tina? Thanks so much, Craig, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great little paragraph there. <laughs> and and I also understood the hesitation in sharing in this. You know, one of the things that, that I had to go to when I read this this morning was the previous paragraph, and it talks about, you know, a business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. You know, and as long as I'm looking at you, I am spiritually bankrupt for sure. You know, and one of the things I didn't want to do was look at myself because I thought that, you know, I'm sorry, but there's really not much wrong here. And what I'm here to tell you is there was much wrong here. And when I looked at those instincts, and I love that Harlan talked about the three, you know, I had taken them to the extremes over and over and over again. And also it talks about honesty here, you know, and that's the principle behind the first step. You know, am I really being true, you know, to me? first before I can be true to you. And, um, you know, and, and then it tells me being convinced that self manifested in various ways what, is what had defeated me. And, and I, you know, I'm convinced. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I am convinced. When I look at my history, when I look at my inventories, when I do my 10 steps today and look at my inventory, you know, I think I've gotten a little better. You know, it may be the same, but I've gotten a little better. But, you know, I have not arrived, let me just tell you, and thank you, God, because I think that would be death if I've arrived. I'm not sure. But, you know, the layers of the onion that's talked about. You know, today I have those layers that I never, you know, because the surface crap hung around for a long time and I had to get rid of that. Now I have the layers, the roots. So, you know, I deal with that on, on a daily basis. And I know I'm rambling, but this is, is a really great paragraph. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. 
All right. Thank you very much for your share. Okay. Next up, we'll have Loretta, followed by Jenna A. and uh, uh, Chrissy, and then Rosie, and then Wendy. All right. Loretta, you're up. Good morning. This is Loretta H. from North Carolina. I definitely am a compulsive overeater and rectic. Grace with God's absence for today. And Craig, thank you and everybody who did service this morning. Thank you for your always healing, healing words, whether you're doing the steps or the traditions or just sharing. So thank you. Uh, this is, again, Loretta. And uh, it's interesting. This is step four, the principle of courage. And it takes courage to do this, but it's and it says in the on page eighty three that it's painstaking. And I have just realized in the last week and I am rereading the book with a visionary uh for the first time. I did the steps as a visionary um with the Lori C uh, book, but I've never actually gone through um, the big book with a visionary reader. So anyway, I'm doing it, and because of the meeting and because of doing this, I'm digesting it even more intensely, which is so, so needed for an anorexic compulsive overeater because I could never digest anything. And I realized with everything that everybody's been sharing in the last two weeks since we've been on this, that I need to do another four step on myself and death to self. Because even though I have been out of the food, I'm still into self a lot of the time. And so I'm so grateful for this, the inspired awarenesses that I get every morning to help me, as everybody says, uncover, discover, and discard. And so hopefully I'm going to discard more of self with this, another four step. But I am excited. I always get excited because this journey is magical and mysterious and God-given and Hopefully, when I go to my creator, I will be um, going maybe up instead of down. So thank you very much. And again, I pass. Bye. All right. Thanks. Loretta. Next, we have uh, Jen A., followed by uh, Chrissy, then Rosie, then Wendy. Jen? Good morning, Craig. Thank you. Thanks for your service. This is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic here in Colorado. And... Um, you know, my heart was broken. It was bruised. Um, it was wrapped up in bondage. I didn't realize it was bondage of myself. When I came in here, I was completely unaware of who I was and why these um, three instincts were threatened, right? Those social security and sexual instincts that were talked about this morning. Um, I was a pretty envious person, always jealous, never approved of myself, always feeling less than others and totally feeling useless. Um, I never felt accepted. I always felt different. I was anxious, always dissatisfied, always in victim mode 100% of the time. I was afraid of what others thought of me and what um, I thought of myself. And um, I always thought that I was a failure. Um, that's how I came in. 
um, those were the spiritual maladies and the things that were blocking me um, from getting close to my creator. I remember I always wanted, I always wished for a different way. I always prayed for a different way. And then it wasn't until the food um, was, was choking me out that I begged God for a different way. And I said, I can't do this anymore, God, I need you. Um, you know, and uh, I have this quote written down in my big book, and it says, yearning for a new way of life will not produce it. Only ending the old way can do that. I cannot hold on to the old while declaring that I want something new. There's only one way to bring in the new, and I must make room for it. And how do I make room for it? Uncovering, discovering, and discarding all the things that I, are, are about me. And that's bringing in awareness. And I'll never forget when I was sitting in a big book um, meeting, AA meeting, um, I heard that word awareness for the first time. And um, it's like the dimmer switch. Things keep getting brighter and brighter. I keep being more aware, more aware, even this week at work, um, more aware of things um, that I'm doing or um, that I'm hanging on to. And um, this is just a process that allows me um, to uncover it. And, um, you know, I don't look at it as a defect of character. My sponsor says it's a spiritual malady. Why? Because it's blocking me from the spirit, the sunlight of the spirit. I can't stand in the sunlight. I, I can't. I'm in the dark. So I have to uncover, get out of the cave, discard everything I think I know for a whole new way of life. And today I can live in companionship and I have self-esteem. Um, I have acceptance of myself and others. Um, I live in the truth. Um, it's not easy. It's a day-to-day, um, you know, it's a day-to-day dig. I'll just say that. Um, I feel more uh, materially, uh, like um, financially stable, emotionally stable. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so grateful for this program and I'll never give up because um, I truly feel like this process and then four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine allows me um, and gives me a heart that's more like God's every single day. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Craig. All right. Thanks, Jen. All right. Next, we have uh, Chrissy followed by Rosie and then Wendy. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. This is Chrissy Jane. Um <clears throat> Uh, I always take the things in the big book and I have to turn them into visualizations so that I can understand the better. And with the fourth step, I see my feelings as hoarding. Um, they used to have this show on television where people had a house so full of hoarding they couldn't get through it. and it was amazing that they'd let a television people in. Um, but that was probably their first part of getting better, was admitting them in to see it. Now, all the stuff that they thought was a treasure, sort of anything that was worth anything, got destroyed by being under all this stuff. And I kept things and I thought they had value but it got all destroyed by being crushed by all this other stuff and I had to get it out and I had no room for anything else 
There was no room for a party in there. There was no room to have friends over. There was no room for for a Christmas tree until I got everything out. Uh, I just, um, that was my visualization, and it just really helped me uh, get the things to see it, to get it out, and therefore I had room for God, for the program, for joy, for other things, for for the rest of the book even. So, and I pass. Thank you very much. Well, thank Let you. Me share. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay, Rosie, followed by Wendy. Rosie. Hi, this is Rosie um, from Kentucky. I'm mm-hmm. really grateful to have you all talk to us today. I am so impressed with the ability for my higher power to have me have clarity when I listen to all of you. I've been really struggling with self-centeredness when I want my family different than they are. I need to realize that I have a resentment when and I feel left out and I feel lonely. And I just need to put my higher power, who I choose to call God, as a sufficient um, element in my life and everything else falls into place. When I say the set aside prayer, God, please help me set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path and you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and especially you. It helps, but it helps more like the first word of the 12 steps, we. It's a we program. I do this resentment stuff to myself. I can be a victim myself. I want my family different, but I, you know, I expect them to be different than they are. And here they learn from a pro. This is the way I was, the way we have been passed down. It's it's time to just pass recovery down. So when I look at myself in very honestly, I um, see myself, you know, as self-centered and I really need to un you know, cover this source, discover what the problem is, you know, discern it and discard it and turn to my higher power and all of you because the first word of the 12 steps is we and we can do this together. Look forward to meeting all of you in New Jersey. Bless you all. I pass. All right. Thank you. And uh, next we have Wendy and we may have time for one more after Wendy. Wendy. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, This is Wendy M., and I am a compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I can remember when I entered into the rooms, the only thing I thought of myself was that I hated myself, and I had a lot of weight to lose. And um, being uh, told by my daughter that I just hadn't tried hard enough. Um, And I had ordered a um, 12 and 12 O&A OA book online probably years before I ever entered the rooms um, and would read steps one through three over and over again, but never would get to step four. And I entered the rooms, actually, my delusional disease thinking was that I had done steps one through three all by myself at home, and I just needed to find somebody in the rooms to help me with um, step four and five, and then I could leave the meetings and not have to come to those anymore. 
and um, that I would be able to do everything else by myself, which was just such ridiculous delusional thinking. And how amazing um, the steps and the work and the action is that, you know, just this, this weekend on Sunday, a newcomer asked me how often do I go to meetings because she had seen me at the meeting the sat that just that Saturday and she heard me say I was going to go to a meeting on Sunday again and she thought that I looked so well she was surprised I was going two days in a row and my answer was it's bringing me life you know I was feeling all in myself how much I hated myself before and now the program and the steps and the action brought me life and the meetings bring me life um, I know tomorrow is when we're going to get to the resentments and enlisting my resentments. I definitely didn't see anything I had done wrong. I saw what everyone else had done wrong. Um, everyone else had rejected me, abandoned me. I wasn't invited to a party, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just, I think it's such a miracle that in going through this process, we can get to a point where we can see our role and its common manifestations and that we can then give to others. And um, instead of blaming others, I'm able to give and serve others, um, which is just so beautiful and I love it. And um, thank you. That's all I have to say. I pass. All right. Thanks, Wendy. We have uh, about a minute and a half or so. Anybody want to take it? No, this does. is Karina in New York. I'll take it, Craig. Okay, go ahead. I'll go real fast. Uh, Karina, compulsive overeater, uh, anorexic, and bulimic, and recovered by the grace of God. Um, yeah, you know, it, this is so powerful for me because when I got into these rooms, I didn't think self was the problem. I thought, first of all, it was food, and then, all right, it's not food. Then it's like the fact that I stabbed my toe this morning. It's the fact that my coworker looked at me the wrong way. It's the fact that life is hard. And why is life so hard for Karina? Because I was the director, and I had a script for everything in my life. And I wanted everything to go super smooth. But that's not reality. And as soon as things get hard, that's my problem. Don't you see? You are the problem. My husband, my daughter crying. You know, the fact that I woke up late this morning and I didn't get five extra minutes of premeditation. And it's... It was such an awareness to know, Karina, you are running the show. At the core of my being is this self, and this is like a tree, and my roots are implanted deep in self. And how does self manifest itself for me? Those are all the branches of the tree, the manifestations of self, jealousy, envy, perfectionism to the core. And it is so beautiful to know, guess what, I'm powerless over all of it. And that is why I can today be aware and I can ask my creator, God, please help me, not with only the food, but with everything else in my life, everything else that is going to make me so irritable and restless that I eventually will turn to the food. It's not a maybe. It is I will. And to eat is to die. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Karina. Okay. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared today and served. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today for this meeting that just passes is 13586, 13,586. Um, and that's for October 29, 2019. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Well, Larry Kay, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Till Then. Thanks, Craig, for your service. Mm -hmm. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.